This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Well, there's no question it's been a pretty bad week uh, for longtime conservative Tony Clement. I can't even imagine what his life is like right now. Um, You know, he's kicked out of caucus, his party. He's been kicked off his committees, probably out of his bedroom. And he's been publicly shamed across the country. And he has apologized and acknowledged the wrongs he has done. But now there's a women's march being planned in his Muskoka riding to have him forced out from his MP job, which he still uh, holds. And the bottom line is, I mean, this is a guy I don't think anyone ever expected would get embroiled in this kind of a mess. He's not the first. He certainly will not be the last. But when will folks in public jobs understand or learn that they're held to a different account? You just can't be so reckless. And and in Clement's case, you got to wonder uh, about his severe lack of judgment because it wasn't just one sextortion case. He got scammed last summer when he had admitted to having uh, online sexual relationships with women he had met on Instagram. And, you know, you'd think that even having to go to the cops once, wouldn't that terrify any of you? Like, wouldn't you be thinking, okay, I got a warning, I got off this time. Well, maybe that's the wrong choice of words, but you got to cut a break this time. I learned from it. I'm not going to play that game again, but (laughs) I don't know. Here we are with second allegation servicing. And then once that happened, the floodgates opened and women started coming forward. And one of those women who was the first to speak up on social media is Claire McWatt. And she joins us now. So Claire, why was it that you felt uh, so inclined to come forward? So uh, I, I decided to come forward because when I saw uh, commentary from, you know, some federal political uh, journalists online about it, of, oh, you know, innocent, he could be innocent and he's a victim, et cetera, uh, it's only one time, it's only one time, I, I thought, you must really not know Tony Clement. <laughs> that's, that's not the story for years. Uh, and it's so well known, not only between people who are um, a little bit political, but, you know, any woman with an Instagram in Canada could probably tell you the same thing, that, oh, I don't know, that guy's probably guilty. Wow. I mean, I'm not on Instagram. I don't really understand it. Um, so I wasn't privy to this world. But, you know, when the story break, and I thought, okay, there's got to be something more to it. And then watching Twitter and seeing yourself and a number of other women saying, yeah, yeah, hold on a second. This is not new behavior. So explain to me how it came to be that you met Mr. Clement and started exchanging information online. And and how old were you? Sure. So, uh, I mean, I I was in my very early 20s, about 23 years old. And um, I was chair of an organization called the Toronto Youth Cabinet at the time. So it's an advisory body to city council for young people. And what what is happening was uh, we were in the throes of a, a Rob Ford scandal. So I mean, I was and I was 23, and approximately. And uh, you know, it was late at night on like a week night, and so Twitter was up in a roar about it. And you know, the Teo Poly hashtag was really on fire. And uh, you know, I'd been tweeting. A lot of people had been tweeting, and it, I assume he had seen the discussion, and then it started to 
to chime in, but then instead of wanting to to respond to things that were being said publicly, he opted to message me privately. And in order at the time, in order to do that, you had to you know both be following each other. I was following him because he's a prominent public figure. I mean, he was, I believe, a minister of the crown. Mm-hmm. So uh, you know, being a young politically interested person, you know, you follow all kinds of people like that. Um, and then, you know, for him to kind of strike, strike up a conversation, keeping it casual, you know, oh, oh, you know, what do you do in politics? Or, you know, oh, you're interested in politics. What is this? What is that? And then I kind of quickly realized where he was going with this, and it's a little too friendly, and it's 1 o'clock in the morning, and, hmm, it's in direct messages. That's a little strange. And so I got out of that conversation as quick as I could. But you became almost a lightning rod for people contacting you. When you got onto Twitter and said, yeah, here's the red flag, I'll tell you about this, you became a point person for people to tell you their stories. Were there a number of people saying, I've got something to say as well? Yeah, actually, um, I mean, it it was almost overwhelming. So, you know, what I said was, hey, here's, here's one of my experiences with him, I mean, there's also the fact that over the years he'd been kind of weird on Instagram. Um, there's a whole other thing. But then I said, hey, this happened to me. How about you? You know, you, you invite the into pe- invite people into this possibility that he might be strange to others, knowing, of course, in my in my position that he definitely was. And then as a result, a lot, I would say dozens, uh, there's, there's messages in there that I still haven't had a chance to get to. Um, and even into this afternoon, I've getting new messages. So it, and the thing is, these experiences ranged from, you know, not really a big deal in the big broader theory of like, oh, you know, he liked a lot of my pictures. That was sort of weird to, um, frankly, much more serious allegations. Um, and I, I think that my role is not to get to the bottom of them. I'm not a journalist, but what I was trying to do was provide a space and say, Hey, are you okay? And let's look at the facts here. He said it was a, at that time, you know, oh, it was a one-time thing, isolated incident, isolated incident, you know, it, it, I'm the victim of extortion, which is a separate piece. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I thought, mm, maybe that's not true. Well, apparently it happened twice. And if you don't learn the first time, I mean, I don't, I don't know how that couldn't scare the bejeebers out of anybody to say, okay, I got a warning and I'm going to step away from this. But nonetheless, we know where we are at now. Let me play devil's advocate because, mm-hmm. you know, to our knowledge, nothing illegal has happened. So I think some people will say, if it's two consenting adults and they're okay with it, who cares? I mean, do you look at this still as an abuse of power? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think because of his position, as well as the fact that, you know, he was on a, a committee that mm-hmm. involves national security. I think there's a lot of really serious stuff there. But I mean, from from the details of the incidents themselves, um, uh, the first thing I asked when I heard from younger these young women um, about their experiences that were much more troubling was, you know, is this a matter that we need to discuss with the police? That should be the first thing that comes to anyone's mind when you are having, you know, these sorts of conversations. You know, are you safe? Do like, like, this is not about the media. This is, or, or even some politician in his career. Are you safe? Is, is, is this a police matter? Um, and uh, it, again, it's, it's not up to me. But what I had heard was not a police matter. Um, but is it a, is it the kind of thing that is it within the public interest, especially if he has stated that it was an isolated incident and we now can assume it might not be? Yes, I think that's in the public interest. 
And so, you know, this to me is not a partisan issue. This week it's mm-hmm. the conservatives going through this, you know, it, over the summer it was the prime minister himself. There have been lots of members of his party that have fallen uh, by, by Me Too type allegations, the NDP out in Alberta. I mean, there, it is mm-hmm. seems to be in politics, it doesn't matter what aisle you're on, this kind of stuff's going to come out. You've worked in politics a very long time as an experienced, uh, you know, now you're an older uh, female working in politics. How... Uh, how um, how prevalent is this kind of stuff? It's constant, and and I think you really you really hit it to home. It doesn't matter what party you're in. It doesn't matter if how you identify politically. This is a pervasive problem in our political structure, um, and, and it is an abuse of power. And a lot of that comes down to the age of the the women at the time. I mean, I don't get it as much anymore because I'm in my late twenties, almost thirty, and. Um, and I mean, I got it all the time. I, the younger that I was, the more I got it, and to the extremes. Yeah, way um, to get to my age, Claire. It stops altogether. But <laughs> <laughs> nonetheless, nonetheless, I do recall it happening quite a bit. You're right. I'm just, mm-hmm. I find it um, odd that in politics, when you know, and everyone who works in politics knows that it's all about the skeletons. You, you know that those skeletons will come out. It's just kind of dumbfounding to me. That politicians, certainly of the experience of a guy like Tony Clement, wouldn't have thought about these things and the consequences. Well, and that's what I find so mind-boggling. So, I mean, a, a, considerable, a considerable part of my job and, and a, a direct component of my career is that, you know, I spend a lot of time on social media with and on behalf of politicians. <laughs> And so I can attest to the fact that every single day there are men of Tony Clement's age in positions like his position who manage to use social media a lot and not creep out anyone. Yeah, there's and, and there are lots of stories that I know that haven't yet come out, but I'm sure they will one day, whether it's in broadcasting or politics. So I'll just wait for those chips to fall. But on the mm-hmm. flip side, there are a lot of women who go on sites like Instagram. You know, they put up their pouty lips or the duck pose or whatever it is that they, they do to make themselves sexy. So at what point do they, and I'm not victim blaming here, but at what point do people have to understand these social media sites that you're putting yourself out there and presenting yourself and, you know, if someone's going to contact you, shut it down. Like, how do you fix this? So, I mean, what I would do is look at it from the other side. Um, Is this a personal account? And what of these freedoms do you almost have to give up a little bit when you become a a public figure? Mm. Uh, I think, you know, if you want to take a different sort of career path and, and engage with women in, in, in certain ways, then, I mean, that, that's totally for you. But, I mean, on a larger sense, there's dating sites. If you want to meet women, meet them on a dating site. Um, meet them at a space where it is acceptable to do so. I think um, so. social media, just because you might see something that you are attracted to, doesn't mean it's there for your purposes uh, at your disposal in a sexual way. Dudes. Yeah, well, um, in 2018, I, I, I thought people would get it, and clearly they mm-hmm. are not. And uh, is this story done? Are we? Is this the tip of the iceberg for this kind of uh, stuff that we're going to see of this sextortion type of stuff now? Well, and, and I mean, that's, that's the thing that, that's, that's so frightening. Um, they can have these really serious ramifications, uh, even for the perpetrators of this inappropriate behavior, and doubly so when it is a prominent figure of our government. We need, and what does that do to the public trust? Mm-hmm. 
we need to be able to know that the people who we trust with our highest levels of national security are going to recognize what kind of personal responsibilities go along with that that title and that that work you know if you want to have a little bit more flexibility then there are lots of other career paths for you but i wouldn't say that um that being a prominent minister is one of those jobs yeah fascinating times claire thank you so much for joining us yeah thank you it was a pleasure that is uh, Claire McQuatt joining us tonight uh, with her story. And we'll see where the stories go, where the story goes. Here on Point on Global News Radio.